0: Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Kivi. Today's podcast features Doug and Dan from Hoobastank, whose recent record Push Pull is out now on Napalm Records. The guys from the band caught up with DJ Astro Creep in London to talk about the new record touring in the UK and much more. Check it out. This with Dan and Doug now from Hoobastank. Okay. Thanks for talking to me
1: today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You just mentioned your last record, Push Pull, which was uh, middle of last year, I think it was, uh-huh. was it? Uh, there's quite a diverse sound on that. There's not just one particular kind of vibe through the album. Was there any particular reason behind that? I just think that there's um,
2: four different people together, in five including Matt, the producer, who has a, a voice as well. and. Um, yeah, when you have different members coming up with different ideas, which then turn into the songs you're listening to, and yeah, it's just stylistically, it just come off come off.
0: I think in the past also we would uh, have a bunch of different uh, musical ideas stylistically and then try to fit them into the, the sang mold. Okay. Yeah, like, this is a song Dan wrote, it's, but it's too this, but if we put this on it, it'll sound like a hoover song. And, um, Matt was really adamant about just letting the songs be what they were. You know, like don't, don't try to fucking change it to this other thing. Cause you're afraid it doesn't sound like you guys. Just let the song be like, let it speak for itself. Um, I do remember him saying that a lot. And, um, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's
1: why it, it kind of is all over the place. <laughs> I wouldn't say exactly all over the place, but there's definitely. I think you can hear the different different influences from different members, as you said. Yeah. Uh, what what is it that makes you pick say a particular song for a single out of an album? We didn't. We get didn't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: we uh we it through like at least in the back then it was like the record company.
1: And so your A&R
0: guy and your management and the band and the producer, they all kind of like throw in their two cents like, we've listened to all 12 of your songs. This is the one we think we should put out first. And there's all those reasons behind it too. It's not like this is the best song, but they might go, well, we think this is a really good song that'll set up an even better song that'll set up the best song, Like, like strategy behind it, you know? So Out of Control was the first uh single on on The Reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody thought like, oh, this is the best song. I think it was like this is the best song maybe to get attention. Like because okay. you know, coming off of
2: that last record, yeah, yeah. whatever, let's leave um, this.
0: So that was only our second record and not that we had a whole lot of experience in the music industry at that point, but at that point I was I'd already gotten the understanding that if you were going to do a like a crossover type song that would go to pop, it would be the third song. Yeah. so I that's kind of what I thought the process was um, and then I remember going to going to New York to have a meeting with the, the president of the label uh, um, about releasing The Reason as a second single and they weren't going to do it if we really didn't want to do it you know but there was a station or two in the United States that started playing the song already Okay, and and that's not. That's I, it's unusual, I guess, because usually the record companies will solicit. This is the next single, and they they ship it to everybody. Yeah. So this station was already playing it on its own because they liked the song so much, and it was getting traction organically, like without any push. And so the record label was like, we we're at we're six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it is, into the first single. We can say fuck that song. We're going to go another six weeks. Or we can, we can try to jump on what's happening, mm-hmm. and um, I think initially we were like, "Fuck that!" Well, no, well, no, we don't even, we that's that song's too mellow. Like we didn't even want that to be the second single, anyways. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know for whatever reason we, they talked us basically into going. Look, this mm-hmm. this is happening. Like I said, we can either ride this horse or we can kill it, and then try to bring it back to life six months from now where, um, and so we let it happen it wasn't even our choice really you know like somebody out there pretty much fate you know <laughs> chose it for us so they say I don't believe that to be honest with you now that you're sitting here talking no? about it
2: that's that's the same exact story that I would tell yeah well, that's, that, know, that, it, yeah. That, that's what they told us <laughs> the, the cynical dude who doesn't believe anything that that the guy up here making the cheddar like the most money. I think that was probably internally. I think that they probably knew that the song was going to do what it was, and they just wanted to get the fuck out. Well,
0: I remember going. That's personally what I
2: think. I think something like someone in the government leaks this WikiLeaks thing, right here, but they're all inclusive, and right. that's really what. Probably it could have been that. It could have been. It, it
0: could have been that was probably. I have
2: no proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because I rem- I do remember listening to the album or cuts from the album. Wardroom before it released, like, and everybody, was like, yeah, you know, and that was one of the songs everybody was really excited about. Okay. Uh, yeah, dude, it could have been that, it could have been, hey, Out of Control is, has done what it's gonna do, we wanna drop this one now, how do we get the guys to agree to it, you know, I also it could be that, you know?
2: I also think that a record company wants as much money as they can get as fast as they can fucking get it because they don't know how long it's going to stick because they just don't know, right. and therefore, that's why I think that they may have told us the things that we wanted to hear because they were really good at doing that, and they were great. The, the team of people at our record company back in the day, like, I, I I look up to them so, like, they were amazing to us, and they were very hands-on with our career and guidance in these directions. But, yeah, dude, the older I get, the more, yeah, been the more like, I'm looking behind
0: that curtain, yeah, and I'm like, it you could have been guys. exactly what I said, like, yeah. hey, we're gonna drop this, how do we get them on board? Yeah. Tell them this. Let's
2: this. tell them what they fucking yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we support you guys, and we, we
0: won't do it if you don't want
2: us to. But this is what we feel, and they plant the seed yeah. in your head to give you fucking reasonable doubt. I think. I'm <laughs> fucking I, I scared. do. I do think. <laughs> yeah. though,
0: I do think, though, if we, I, I, I don't think it was disingenuous. If to them to say if you really don't want to we won't I don't think they would but I think, yeah, I think, but, you're I think right. but I think they knew exactly what to tell us to yeah. to, to basically they, they knew that we weren't going to fight you in the they had dealt with young naive
2: eager hungry musicians before yeah. so they knew how to speak to us and yeah now that I'm like at my age now looking at it I'm like oh, that was very tricky
0: guys and <laughs> you know what shit. think about think about if you're in the same situation talking to you. You know, a band in their mid totally. 20s. And somebody told me, like, all you got to do is do it, 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 Easy. I think it, it's
1: easy, man. Like, you get caught in it, it's easy to to be uh, convinced to do things. You did the cover, uh, Tears for Fears, uh, Head Over Heels, I think it was. Yeah. But it, it sounds quite different from the original. I did have to listen back to the original afterwards, to be honest, to uh, just double check. <laughs> yeah, same <song. laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, um, I love it when a band actually does, puts their own mark onto a song rather than a, a like-flight cover. I mean, you can look at so many other bands, uh, solo artists that, uh, in a way, have almost killed a song from, you know, just doing a straight cover and it's, well, what's the difference? So, right. um, why exactly did you decide on that particular song to cover? I just...
0: The producer at one point in the in the in the process said, hey, will you guys be open to to trying a cover song? And we've done covers before, mostly for fun. Mm-hmm. Um He sent us home one night and said, like, get 10 of your 10 or 15 or just give me like your favorite songs. And it didn't have to be like, what do you think the 10 most songs that'll be pop, you know, just mm-hmm. your favorite songs.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and I think we all came back with like. Twenty each. It was a lot. It's hard. How do you think Man. about twenty songs? Even that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think we spent a day, or maybe even two, in the studio with our laptops, like passing around the fucking plug, listening to the song, and then talking about the song, like uh, rating, not, uh, rating, that, and then we, rating, yeah, it. Like, yeah, like I like this part of the song, this part of the song, and, and then like this gets five stars, and you know, and we did that for like I said, for like almost two days, probably a day and a half. Um, rating songs as like what would be good, for, like a fun to cover, and what would, and what kind of song do you think we could put our own spin on? Because me personally, I'm, I'm with you. I don't like when a, when a cover sounds like, okay, yeah, you just you just start doing it heavy now, or whatever it is. That's a life for that copy. That to me shows like. Why? Well, why are you even covering the song? You know, like just listen to the original. But if you want to put a twist on it, I think that's more interesting. And we came down to Seals' "Crazy" mm-hmm. and Tears for Fears and and some other ones. And we actually started doing "Crazy," um, but it sounded it, it didn't sound. It, I mean, I remember thinking like this doesn't sound good. Like it just doesn't sound wrong. I don't. I don't think we yeah, we brought much to the to the equation. Um, <laughs> And then we said, so well, let's try the two superiors Fears one. And I think immediately that one took off on its own. And so we, we, uh, we loved that. Yeah. Plus we love the original, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, really, that's why I was on the list, because everybody fucking loves the song, so.
1: Has the writing process changed for you guys over the years? Because you've got the six full albums now, and up 25 years experience so your belt. So, How different is it from when you started off when you were writing compared to now? I mean, it's considerably different
2: from when we first started because when we first started, we were probably together quite a bit more.
1: Um, yeah, we had to be physically in the same room the
0: time. But
2: there was always a device which recorded, which someone owned, and it was usually, I mean, it started off being me, I had a four-track, so an idea would always initiate somewhere, whether it was Doug had a piece of music idea, or I had a piece of music idea, and we'd bring it into each other, and then... So there was times that we'd be sitting there together and kind of going over things together, and things would change, and it turned into... And individually doing it, and then me, hey, meet me at the fucking grocery store. I got a CD for you with, you know, 10 ideas on it. And I'd actually hand him a physical copy of the CD.
0: <laughs>
2: then he'd call me and say, hey, that demo, you know, um, you're playing this guitar part. I'm, I think I'm going to sing that as my melody line, right lyrics to that or whatever. And Or what if you change this part to this? Or I had this idea. What if you change this chord here? Because I feel that an A would work over this as well instead of what, you know, and. I mean, there's just been so many different ways it's changed, but at the same time, I feel like we... we I
0: think the process is the same, but the uh, um, the vehicles we use are different now. You know, now it's like, hey, I'm going to email you this idea. It <laughs> sucks, you know, but just hear it for what it's worth. And then I'll listen to it and go, oh, fucking, or, you know, and the same thing. We'll change this to that, you know, you can do, do it a lot faster. And then I can sing way more quality vocal ideas over it and send it back and go, this is what I'm hearing, blah, blah, blah. So it's the same kind of thing. We just, instead of doing it in person, or, you know, on a four track, now we just kind of, uh, you can do it instantly. Like, hey dude, I just hummed this thing into my recorder. I
2: mean, but even like, the song Push Pull, as, as an example, was just a, um, something that, that, it was an idea I, I, that I had. So simple, it was a synth bass that I played on a keyboard, mm-hmm. and but very simple, and like a stupid, simple drum beat and I just said, just whatever, I sent it to you and you wrote lyrics and you wrote the fucking lyrics and the melody over it and then I had to go back and write guitars for it. Right,
0: because you hear all this different shit and I was like, oh, okay. There was no
2: guitar on it. Yeah, it was just something that it was like a, more of like a vibe without you, just some quick little thing. Um, So for for my own shit on, on the push pull record, as far as the guitar part, some of the songs were a little bit more challenging because I didn't go into the album fully uh, committed to what I knew I wanted to do on that record. You know, some stuff I knew, some stuff I didn't. Um, whereas in the past, The Reason, Crawling in the Dark those days, and even Every Man for Himself and For Never, it was like, I fucking had songs, I knew what the, the overdubs were, this background thing. This was just different, you know. I was, I was trying to find something or search or try something. I was just open to trying something different. It was very frustrating. Um, and it was literally like making a record the backpack on or trying to climb up a fucking hill at times, but I feel like we got to the top of the hill. So, What do you think have
1: been like, the biggest advancements for yourselves as a band personally as time has gone on in terms of technology, the way you speak with fans, things like that? So, like, the likes of social media has made it quite easy for the fans to speak directly to to, right. bands, to band members now. Has that made your job easier in some ways? So.
0: Yeah, I, I, yes and no. I think not. It hasn't made it harder, but the the expectations of what a band should how, of how much a band should be engaging with their uh, with their fans is um, is high. You know, like yeah. and as much as it, it's fun to, we're still um we are still at the tail end of when fans didn't you know like really get that much access to personal access to their to there so there's a little bit of a struggle like I think uh, our instinct is to is to just do our thing and kind of engage as much as we can but uh, but then leave it at that whereas nowadays I feel um not I feel like it's like, so many bands um, are so integrated uh, personally with their with their with their fans, and I don't I don't know honestly if I have the energy to engage in that kind of activity. I just don't know. There's not enough time in the day, um, personal commitments, things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's if I was 25 again, maybe you know. Even then, it was hard enough as is. But I'm, you know, I'm fucking, I've got wife and kids, and I've got uh, you know other things. Uh, going on within the band and
2: give other people to attend to I mean this is going to sound really shitty probably but like we were just you you go to a restaurant and your server is doing her job his job whatever and they're doing a great job but it's like you, you start to talk to them and ask them personal questions whatever they are as nice as they can, but they got other tables they got to get to. They have other things that they have, but now they're being held by this. And that's a, it's hard to balance at times. For me personally, it's hard to balance because it's fucking hard to balance.
0: Yeah. It's like, what if you were asking the cook, came out I fucking love this, this pizza you made. Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it and while he's trying to cook other stuff? You're like, well, I do this, and, and a couple times you can answer the question, but if the restaurant next door... It's basically, you know, like I said, like another band, whatever, is basically doing their food live for everybody to see all the time. And you're going, like, man, that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to just kind of doing my thing, doing some interviews, and, and you know, getting the occasional, like, meeting the customers. Uh, it's, um, it's a different mindset. that um, I don't, we're not uh, uh, against it. But like I said, it's not my natural instinct to like want to, uh, you know, broadcast everything that goes on with the band all the time or engage with every single fan all the time. Um, that doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. It's just a different. It's a different uh, mentality. I
1: think. And what's been the like the the best tour or gig experience you've had so far as a band? Would you say? It's the best tour. There's just I don't
2: know if it's the best tour, but there's something about there's a difference between the best where I guess maybe you're playing and the uh, the the results are just holy shit. We won that crowd over, and that was just amazing. Or there's experiences that may not have been the biggest crowd, but just the experience is stuck in that fucking Iraq shit was just insane. You know that. Cool. It was the experience side. The experience yeah. of going to Iraq and performing and being, even even though the shows weren't the biggest shows we've ever played, some of them the smallest shows we've ever played. But the whole experience with being there, getting to see what we saw, getting to meet who we got to meet, the people that we got to meet, the people that you know are doing what they're doing and so, stuff, um, and see shit like
0: that—that that was fucking fascinating to me. Okay, how like
1: yourself?
0: yeah i mean i think purely from like a uh uh like a cliche standpoint i like, go well most fun like biggest crowds and all kind of stuff was probably uh lincoln park uh tour we did in early 2000 uh actually late 2003 or 2004. um that's because it was like you know, two and a half months of playing sold-out arenas. You know, every night and having, you know, what everybody would would perceive as a really good show every night um, with these guys that we had known for years, and um, everybody was so cool. So that, like, on a very like band level, you know, that. that was- one of them sticks out, but um, yeah, as far as pure pure experiences, there's stuff like what he said, like going to do the USO stuff. There's we, we've played some shows in some pretty exotic, strange places that stand out more for the experience rather than for the show, you know. Uh, and
1: uh, yeah, I would, I would I would agree with him. That, that was the weirdest. Over uh, uh, the last couple of years, has been an almost changing of the old school, the the old guard. Like, Sabbath retiring, Slayer doing the well extended <laughs> last ever tour. Uh, who do you think are the bands most likely to step up from, say, the mid-card into these, like, massive headline sports festivals? Fuck. Ah. <laughs>
0: that have, like, a big legacy behind
1: them? Or just like... Uh, well, it's pure popularity. Uh, oh, the, well, it could, be, it could be for whatever reason. Yeah. band that you think could actually make that step up to. I mean, I think I think Link Park would have been that band. Um, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I think they'd actually headline to Download, which is one of the big UK festivals, okay. had before as well. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, because those other dudes retiring, I think they would just keep kept on going. I, I don't know. Who do you think? It's i think the likes of mastodon have probably got a, a good chance of stepping up right really? yeah it's, it, it's as much as they've been an underground band in the past despite having that kind of cult following in a way i think they're kind of now on the cusp of maybe not quite massive arena tours but certainly the larger venues in the big cities Hmm. Uh, but then, if you look at other genres, you've got like of Gojira, who's who's you the minute. Who's that? You oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Progressive death. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 So they seem to be stepping. They headline Bloodstock, which is the big heavy festival uh, in the UK. So it's like, well, are you both involved in your local music scene at all?
0: No, I would. The short answer would be no. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. It, it was just to see if there was any kind of local bands that you'd seen that. You think we're pretty good, like recommendation oh,
2: kind
1: of things? No. Yeah, we're not the dudes to be really. We're not very aggressive on that. And, and
0: uh, yeah, uh, yeah like, there was a time when I would have been more actively looking like that. But I said this to the other interview. Like I, I, I get all my new music by by chance now. Like it just kind of falls out of the sky, I'll, and I either I like it or don't.
1: You know. So uh, okay, I've got one last question yeah. for you now. Uh, there's tales of, like, weird uh, rider requests from bands, you know, the, the m ms thing with Van Halen and things like that. What's the strangest one even you guys have made yourselves or that you've heard from another band that you've toured with? Fuck. We're so... I our tour
2: manager came in here and was tough. What the fuck was he saying that we're so easy about? It's
0: like... Well, because they, they... On tour, there's schedules. There's all these fucking real rigid schedules, but the but it's never on a good day it stays on on course. Most of the time it kinda goes all over the place. Yeah. And some bands freak out about it and some bands go, cool, whatever, you know, we'll make it work. And I think he's used to working more with bands that like everything to run like clockwork and we're kinda like, whatever, you know, sound check is pushed back, okay. Comes back in, sound check okay, sure. What just let us know when you're ready. Like we'll, we'll be here. Um so we don't have a lot. We're not that kind of band. that it's too particular, with uh, um, with little minor details. Like things have to be this way. It have to be that way. Um. But, okay. So Let's we'll answer the last question. There's second. I was told recently about a band that has, that has to have like, their own uh Wi-fi network that has to have a certain amount of megabytes upload and download or they want to show up to the venue because they have to be playing video games like online <laughs> okay look I, I I love some video games online I'll shoot them up with the best one but it's never been a part of my necessity to go out and play some music so being that uh, you can't say it right now. I want to say. Just tell me when we get up on stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you. It seemed a little ridiculous to me. I was like, wow. Yeah. Really? All right. Um, but even that, I go, that's not that, that's not that bad. To me, that's not as bad as. You know, I don't want any brown MMs or, what, or only brown MMs or whatever it was. You know, that to me just sounds like now you're just being a dick. If you're doing that shit to be a fucking dick, then you're, you're a fucking out. dick. But like, at uh, least the, the, the
1: request for the internet is for a purpose. Yeah. You know, uh, well, uh, from for what I'm aware, the brown MMs thing was more to see how much attention they were paying to them either. To, right. Because then they'll know that the stage and everything would be perfect when they okay. went on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that makes sense in that, in that aspect. <laughs> uh, it's all about context, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I wish I had a better request. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're pretty. I mean, the the worst
0: that we'll do is
2: like last minute we'll order a pizza from this dude. He's like, oh, pleasure <laughs> speaking to speak yeah, to thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to meet you. <laughs> you Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.